yerba mate? Yeah, I love it. It's so addicting. It's great. <laughs> I'm totally coked up on caffeine right now. It's way got... too, like, it's seriously caffeinated. It's like, I think it's like 250 milligrams or something. Wait, really? Yeah, it's insane. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got to slow down, dude. I've had, like, tons <laughs> of coffee today, too. How many have you had of those? The yerba mate? Yeah. I had one, and then I had, like, a cup of coffee and cold brew already. Wow, that's that's a lot. That's pretty significant. Wow. <laughs> you're just, you're just going to be bouncing off the walls. <laughs> just in time for the episode. I'm probably stumbling over my words. I know, talking, right? Talking like cartoon character or something. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Mother, directed by Bong Joon-ho, starring Kim Hai-ja and Won Bin. Uh, my name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, you should keep that intro in there with you talking about <laughs> caffeine, because uh, uh, how are you doing? Are you are you jacked up right now? I am. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit still for this whole episode. It's weird. <laughs> I didn't realize how much caffeine was. I thought it was just kind of like tea, but no, no. <laughs> I guess yerba mate is like an energy drink or something. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, so I'm I'm hyped up. Uh, sorry if I'm checking my phone down below. I have a new full time job, and I yeah I I don't know what to do because we're recording this in the middle of the afternoon. I think it's fine because I clocked out to do it. It's weird working at home and then also clocking your hours. It's very stressful. I don't know, Cameron. You know, like the feeling from you going to like because now you're doing videography kind of whenever you want to do it. Um, there's like a freedom and flexibility in your work schedule. You still work hard, but there's something kind of liberating about it. Like, it's like I've gone in inverse because my old job was very like flexible and loose. And now it's like structured, like I'm there at nine. Uh, the only times it's more loose is when I'm at home. Cause I can clock in and out whenever I want, but it's like the shift gets spread out because it's like, I can start and stop whenever but also like then I'll be working till eight because I'll just take breaks in between stuff. So I don't know. I I've been waking up like extra early to start my shift and start working like so that I have the evening free. It's just this whole ordeal. I have no idea why I'm going on this tangent. <laughs> Cameron, how, how's uh life business work, all that stuff going for you? Uh, you know, it's good. Um, yeah, like I, I mean, it, it is a lot, of work like it is it is free definitely but like i feel like most of the days i'm kind of wrecking my brain being like okay like i gotta send like 30 emails and yeah. like call people and like do you know so it's like it's you know it's it's definitely fun but um that side of things can can be a little stressful for sure um but yeah i mean i i do get to set my own hours so you know I, uh, my hours are all the time. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the way I like it, but it's usually because you're doing something that you really enjoy and then you're never like off work at all. And yeah, so it's, yeah, exactly. I don't know, like there's a part of me that's drawn to that. I think this job has some of that flexibility with it, with the work from home stuff. It's just, I have to commute an hour into, into work. And those days are like, you wake up at seven, you get to the office like at nine because you still have to get ready. And then you leave the office at like five, five thirty. You're home at like six thirty. I'm like, dang, like 
it's just gone. And I guess that's what it is to be an adult and whatnot. So <laughs> it's it's been interesting for me to transition into this and then see like how my free time is almost more focused or like sacrificed for doing things that I enjoy creatively. So like do this podcast or um, even the other day I was like, well, I can sit here and play Call of Duty for like four hours because I'm exhausted or I can play my guitar, which I definitely need to practice. And so I played my guitar instead and I got to admit it was pretty good. It was fun. I played like you ever play and then like the sun's going down and when you stop, like the sun is gone, you know, it was like, it was a cool moment just to be playing by myself. So I think, um, for me personally, it's like, I'm learning that the off time that I used to have that I used to waste is now so valuable to me that I'm starting to fill it with like things that are important to me. And as much as I like Call of Duty, that is going to be a lot less prevalent in my life now. So yeah, yeah, it's it's been a neat transition. I don't mean to get too too personal about it, but um, it's very fresh. It's this week, so yeah, that's that's the work life. But I'm glad to hear things are going well with your uh, your career stuff as well, Cameron. You know, in honor of this film that we're watching. Uh, and, and you're not allowed to use this film in this trivia question. Cameron and I have been introducing a new segment in this podcast where I ask Cameron in his infinite movie knowledge uh, a, a, to name something, to name a movie that, to, to answer a question about a movie. That's it. And we'll call it, you know, <laughs> trivia time. Here we go. So Cameron, without referencing this movie. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's not trivia, though. This is just my opinions about it. Yeah, things. it's just Cameron's <laughs> opinion. I We got to come up with a new a new name for this. Uh, like some sort of like, I don't, I don't know. We'll come up with something good. Anyways, it's pretty straightforward. Cameron, which film has the greatest mother character? That's not this one. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, I kind of knew that you were going to, you were going to ask this. Um, so as, as a little bit prepping, um, I want to say, I feel like, Bambi has the most impactful mother. Oof. Um, wow. <laughs> maybe um maybe the the gorilla in uh, uh you know the mother gorilla in Tarzan as well. Um, mm. I think mm. the, either of those could be pretty um pretty impactful. I'm sure there are others that are like on the other spectrum of like not <laughs> necessarily good mothers. Um but I mean yeah, the, the uh I I think those two are pretty good. Um uh, pr- pretty good options. So, yeah, it's interesting because when I thought of this question, I was thinking to myself, like, why is it that I can only think of animated movies? I think there's something mm. about mothers that you know you're obviously so attached to your own. Hopefully, in the time of your life when you're growing up, right? That, in, like, in that time frame, you're watching cartoon films and the mother characters also resonate with you and they stick with you in some sort of regard. So for me, I was like, this, <laughs> it's kind of a funny answer now because of all the memes, but I was like, Oh yo, Mrs. Incredible. She was like the best mother character because as yeah. a kid, you know, there's obviously a lot of jokes about Mrs. Incredible being extra thick and all that <laughs> online. But, uh, as a kid, right? Like for me personally, I was like, Oh, this is a female like an older female character that's a mother that's also kind of cool like there was something about her that wasn't obnoxious whereas like other mother characters 
are almost like two note figures that were like, oh, I'm just this guiding, caring mother, or I'm a angry, abusive mother that hates my princess daughter or something like that, right? Where even as a kid, I was able to recognize that like Mrs. Incredible had complexity to her motivations and she's independent. I always love that scene where she like sneaks on the island by Mm. herself and like she's like riding the the back of the like little ball car and she becomes a parachute. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 That that scene that scene in movie is so awesome. So yeah, that that was that's that's my own pick for it. But anyways, this is Cinema Spectator. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS productions, throw a couple dollars our way, get access to a commentary track or an exclusive episode each month. Have your questions read on air, maybe even influence the question that i prod cameron with each episode from now mm-hmm. on moving forward you have that ability patrons i'm telling you message us on patreon if you don't have a few dollars it's all good you can give us a rating on itunes tell friends and family that is how the show grows we're starting off talking about mothers because this movie is all about a mother cameron lead us into it yeah so uh this movie is bong joon ho's mother um uh came out sort of festival circuit 2009 but general release in 2010 um and so this was his fourth feature film uh before this he um he made uh, a movie called the host um which is kind of a monster flick um you know it's it's it, i actually haven't seen it um it's one of the few of his i haven't seen but um it's more of sort of a straightforward um, kind of action horror movie. Um, And then before that, he made a movie, which I think is most similar to this movie called Memories of Murder. Um, We might end up visiting it. Uh, I love that movie too. uh, But I think this, in my mind, is actually his uh, best movie. Um, And Bong Joon-ho is kind of an interesting character because he is someone who obviously got huge critical acclaim and commercial success um, in 2019 with his movie Parasite. It, it obviously won, won for Best Picture. And so that kind of thrust him into the mainstream. But, you know, before this, his career has kind of been a series of hit after hit. Um, you know, Memories of Murder, um, uh, Mother. Well, and The Host was actually very successful as well. Um, Mother. And then after this, he made Snowpiercer, which is his first like English language movie um, and is also very excellent. Um, I'd highly recommend it. And then uh, he made Okja and Parasite. So um, all of them kind of internationally well acclaimed, internationally recognized. And what I want to bring to this discussion and talk a little bit about is um what some people have called or, you know, what I refer to as sort of the Korean new wave um, and uh, or Korean new cinema. And he's kind of one of the big players and kind of the pioneer of Korean, uh, of modern Korean cinema. And one of the interesting things about him, I would say, is his style is kind of, um, it's, it's extremely, uh, shocking in a lot of ways but it's also very um uh heartfelt and unique he he has a very distinct visual style um it's very odd he kind of puts you in weird perspectives um and th- that way it kind of steps you outside of of what you're you know you sort of normally used to in you know what might be somewhat com- conventional movies um you know i think yeah, Snowpiercer and Okja and 
uh, Parasite, not so much. But Memories of Murder and and Mother are pretty conventional, sort of straightforward detective movies in a lot of ways. Um, and he has a, a a really unique ability to turn something familiar into something that is very um, strange and disturbing. And I think this movie is just the perfect example of it. Um, you know, taking someone's mother and making it, uh, uh, well, uh, disturbing <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my, my initial, oh, and, and just to preface, we will be doing, um, Korean new cinema for the, for this month. Um, it's kind of one of my favorite modern genres and, you know, it's a good balance of, international cinema and uh relatable and sort of interesting films that you know are engaging and not you know alienating like some foreign films are um and so i think for for you isaac this is a good example to kind of step outside of your your comfort zone a little bit um and but still be in you know still be engaged i would say so um yeah, so we'll be doing mostly well. We'll be doing all Korean language movies for the, you know, for the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, I I'm really excited to explore this genre because I know that you have high opinions about it. I like I didn't know what exactly to expect. Just to kind of give some background, Cameron told me that. Korean cinema is the cinema of extremes before I began watching this. Now, we were going to watch another movie that we may or may not still uh, we watch will. for this yeah. month. Um, and so I maybe he was referencing that movie more than this one uh, with that kind of statement. But I really was kind of nervous going into it, and I was pretty pleasantly surprised Like after the, the credits began. I think this movie really does transcend being foreign in some ways. Um, I think that it's really approachable, surprisingly, um, and quite entertaining. If you go in expecting something really different, I think you'll actually find a lot to like. Uh, and, and that's how I went into this film, right? Because most of my experience with foreign film has been, you know, some French cinema that Cameron showed me, and I've absolutely hated that. Um, so like, it, well, I don't know if hate, hate is a strong word, but most <laughs> of it is not my cup of tea. Right. Whereas this almost from the get go, I was like, Oh, I'm more about like this feel and this style and kind of like yeah. being in your face in some ways, but also like, like it felt like a good mesh of introducing some of the Korean culture and style in a film while also obviously looking to Hollywood and what the United States has been doing to create its own like perfect balance. Whereas I think French cinema, because it has so much history from what you've told me about, right, is almost clashing or trying to separate itself from American cinema, right? Uh, in, in maybe in, in some ways. I'm not sure if, I, if I'm saying that correctly, but um, something about this movie felt more like it loved American cinema, but it was going to do it its own way where most French films I've watched seem like it's just going to do it its own way, period. You know what and I mean? There's, there's a disdain for American cinema in, yes. a, in a lot of French circles for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was very surprising for me. Um, I think that it's not a perfect movie, but there's so much to dissect and dive into. I'm, I, I really, 
I, I'm genuinely like surprised by it, Cameron. So I'm I'm excited to talk to you about it. Do you want me to get into the plot, or you want to summarize the plot without spoiling anything? Um, yeah, we we can get into the plot, but I will say just quickly, um, it is kind of interesting. I mean, obviously, we were we were supposed to watch Old Boy, so spoilers. We're gonna watch it, um, you know, either next week or the week after. I'll, I'll have to decide, but um, it, it's kind of interesting because Old Boy obviously came first, but. Uh, this movie I do think is kind of a better introduction for you in some ways. Um, not going to say much about that, but, <laughs> um, but this movie is very, is, um, like you said, it's like very approachable and, um, it's pretty fun. I would say it's, it, it kind of keeps you, keeps you locked in, um, for, from the get go. So, um, yeah. Uh, why don't you sort of give us a little bit of the, the plot? I would say stay, far away from certain things but yeah 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 so the story revolves around this mother that has a son who's kind of like you know mentally challenged he's not fully there he's definitely either like he's he's just challenged in some ways and a lot of people call him a bunch of mean names throughout the movie right so she's kind of overprotective of him and he has a friend that's a little bit rougher and knows the streets a little bit better and some things pursue where her son almost like unknowingly gets involved in things that get him in trouble. Right. And his mother being the over overprotective mother that she is pursues uh, justice for her son and trying to help him get out of the trouble he's in. That's probably the best way I go put it without <laughs> saying, saying too much more. Um, but you understand that there's a, strong dynamic and bond between someone who is very helpless, innocent, and um, kind of like, you know, overprotected in a lot of ways with a mother character who is extremely sympathetic for her son, but almost to a fault. And she is like, like almost anything he does, even from the first scene in the movie, like he's just hanging out on the street, right? She's just freaking out about it right so there's a very neat dynamic that's very relatable i think in in many many different ways for a bunch of people i i just feel like the setup is like oh you get it from the get-go it's yeah. in a different language you know it's in a different culture but right away you're like i understand what's going on right you don't need to you don't even need the subtitles to be honest like it and i think that's what's so excellent about the setup um and so a bunch of chaos ensues but there's a lot of mystery and trying to figure out you know who did what and who's responsible for certain things so um that some of the some of the adventure that comes with trying to discover so, like some of the, these mysteries reminded me of kind of the switch and drama of gone girl which is hmm. probably the closest drama i can compare this to with my limited movie scope Right. But it seemed like it had it has a uh, like visceral energy of like constantly keeping you on our toes. Like what's going to happen next? Like, was it this or that? And so um, hopefully I'm kind of summarizing the feeling and a little bit of the plot. So you understand what this movie is all about. Do you have anything to add, Cameron? No, I think. Yeah, I think actually Gone Girl is a is a good example Maybe not thematically, but it's a good and uh, sort of if it relates in some ways to sort of the the feeling of mystery that you have as as an audience member, and then also on top of that, when you go back, it kind of the more things are revealed, um, sort of the more you learn about these characters too. So yeah, um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, just in terms of, of sort of before we get into major spoilers, um, just in terms of sort of the filmmaking and the craftsmanship of this movie, it's obviously f- um, fairly low budget, I would say. Although, you know, in, in international films, um, it's hard to gauge actually what low budget is. Um, I, I don't know. It's uh, especially, you know, considering t- different time periods. But I think you can kind of tell like it's a little bit lower budget. There's definitely a lot of. Um, a lot of characters and a lot of settings, but for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. There's not like a ton of, um, you know, special effects or anything like that. It's just very focused on the characters, um, and sort of the drama in revealing that. And, and I would say it leans most heavily on the suspense, uh, element of certain things. Um, you know, the suspense of certain characters getting into, um, you know, different situations, f- revealing information in in a similar way that I think Fincher does um, in a lot of his movies, where the more you the deeper you go, the more, you know, the more things are revealed um, in in sort of character uh, in these small character moments. Um, you know, I, I'm reminded of the the scene in the carousel. Um, remember or in the um, what's it called? Uh, I think you got it. Merry-go-round, but I'm pretty sure it's a carousel. May, I don't know. What's um, the difference? I think a merry-go-round is the one that goes like this. Right? Whoa, what's a car? No, that's definitely a carousel. Cuz I wor- I used to work at that <laughs> that that railroad thing as a young <laughs> yeah. high schooler. That's definitely a carousel. I think you're thinking of a Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel. That's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the scene in the Ferris wheel where they um uh, you know, there's there's certain things revealed about um, you know, a character's cell phone, um, and that reveals information about who that character was, um, and so you know, it it reminds me of of the way Fincher, you know, develops characters based on the information he lays out, um, and I think it it's surprisingly effective at wrapping you into or like leaning you into this story um and not giving you all the answers until sort of a critical moment and then when that moment happens there's almost like oh wow like the like the uh, you know everything that that you've learned up to this point sort of changes deeply um and i think it's it's really effective in like cranking up small bits of tension to 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 get to that one bigger release um and that one release i would say which is kind of the linchpin of the movie um is it it works extremely well in my mind um and and i think part of that has to do with obviously how it's written but but partly because the filmmaking is so um is so on lock. Like it reminds me of there's, so there's a, um, a great video essay by, uh, uh, every frame of painting, which I don't know if you've, you've watched this one, Isaac. Um, but there's a, there's an awesome episode on this movie where he talks about sort of how things are revealed in profile, um, mm. shots, you know, where they're, uh, you know, important information is hidden, um, based on, you know, what type of shot the characters are. So, so, you know, there's, there's a red herring, um, that happens, you know, with him, you know, facing the front of the camera. Uh, but 
you know, most of the important plot points are actually, um, you know, in, in sort of this, this profile shot. Um, and that's how you can kind of guide yourself by, um, you know, looking towards, towards how, you know, how the filmmaker actually positions things. Um, so I don't know, in my mind, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty virtuosically made. Um, and just as, as a stripped down, um, detective movie, it, it, I think it works so well because, because really what you, what you want in those movies is a straightforward plot and, you know, really good filmmaking to back it up. Um, and that's, that's why, you know, something like silence of the lambs or something like that is, is so effective because the filmmaking works really well. Um, and I think this movie, uh, totally does that as well. So Mm. I don't know if you have any thoughts about, about that or just, you know, just the visuals in general, I think are, are excellent. Yeah. I think from the opening moments of the movie, there's a, clear control over the camera and it's it's attention to like framing and beauty i think this movie is really pretty i i i I found that most shots were just entertaining to look at and watch um even if like I, i i don't know i think i think that's what really helped it be approachable as well because i even if i didn't like feel as super engaged with the dialogue because of the language barrier and there's translation. There's so much happening with the framing and the camera work. Every scene is, is really like really, really gorgeous. And it's strange. Cause I think about small character moments, like when they're at that, like, I, I don't know why I'm thinking about like the, the young girls, like at the cell phone shop and she gets the nosebleed. Like that entire mm. scene is like, so it, it's focused on dialogue and, and you're learning a little bit more about the girl with the cell phone. Right. It's just like everything in that kind of mundane moment is like cranked up to 11 because of the way that the camera moves and that there's so much like, uh, intention behind the framing and then there it, it, it ends with her face like a really like hard close-up of her face and you can see her eyes almost like shining and the and the blood is coming down it's like whoa like this is just it's it's out there and it's it looks great doing it so i don't have much else to say about the technical stuff until we kind of go through um the characters and and uh some of the I guess some of the event moments that that have really well um, crafted setups, like there's a dark alleyway that's really cool. I think that I want to talk about. Um, but yeah, over, overall, I think this movie is is, is super super pretty. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, and the the nosebleed thing comes back. You know, it's it, well. I guess this is kind of a great um, segue into the you know the plot and the writing of things because. Um, that is an amazing reveal sort of towards the end of the movie, um, that, uh, is just kind of very, you know, lightly placed in, you know, a a totally unrelated scene. And it comes back to be sort of, you know, again, part of the linchpin of the movie. Um, and 
and it's awesome. It works so well, uh, and it takes you off off guard. I would say, um, but yeah, let's. I mean, let's say from here on out, you know, we're I think we're almost like uh, halfway through the podcast. So from here on out, uh, spoilers abound. Just I would say watch the movie for sure. Yeah, um, I highly recommend this movie to to everybody. Um, you know, I think it's it's super approachable, super easy to engage with, and is fun and interesting, and you know, underrated in my mind. So I think it's just the right amount of weird foreignness for someone who's more casual and not ready to venture into that. I think this is a great starting point. I didn't feel, I mean, with my limited knowledge of film and, and a little bit of like background and training from Cameron, right? Like I could have watched this six months ago and probably enjoyed it too. So I think that that goes a long way with, with this film, but yeah, I I do want to talk about the plot and the characters a little bit more in depth. Um, I don't know if we're going to like really spoil every single reveal uh, and walk through it like very linearly, but I just didn't, I wanted to cover ourselves. Watch this movie. Don't, don't ruin the fun part of the mystery, uh, which some of you will, Tim Smith probably. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's worth, it's worth watching, but let's, let's start with, mother as a character what i don't even know what her name is besides mother just mother we're just gonna call her mother um yeah she is i she's a difficult character in my in 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 my opinion and i'm surprised how well like she works in this film because there's something about her that is not very like well, not very likable right i i don't know what it is but then at the same time you're rooting for her and she is the, the main character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that setting up a character like this is probably under underappreciated because it's not like they're a villain or a criminal, right? Or at least on the out, like the outward <laughs> outward look, right? Um, on the outside, and they almost seem like the background character that shouldn't be the main character in the film. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, it's, it's sort of like special to me. I, I can't think of, of the right way to phrase this, but like that she is such a blank, mysterious slate, just like the mystery that you're trying to figure out. Right. Mm, There's almost yeah. a, like a mystery unraveling about her character at the same time where the mystery is unraveling at the same, at at the same moment. And it creates like this cool, like thing where you, you're watching two things unravel and it's not overwhelming. Like it's because that's such a character focused mystery versus a like, you know, larger criminal mystery. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I think it just, it's, it's um it's epic i I just i really i haven't i don't think i've seen a movie that does something like this in in the way that like 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 i i guess because i'm I've been, I've been thinking about gone girl right and it seems like 
Ben Affleck's character in that movie, although I don't remember if he's really like, it's been a long time since I've seen that, but he seems more flat, like almost just the observer of the mystery unfolding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Mother is not that. She is no. a active She's participant. Active. Yes. Yeah. Yes. An active participant in the mystery that's unfolding, but she is also she is also like evolving in the in the in the audience's eyes at the same time. Yeah. So it's like there's almost like two um two things happening at once. Well, and, and I love I love the fact that um I think that's a an awesome way to put it, that there's sort of two mysteries unraveling at the same time. I think that's that's so that's so true. Um but I I love the fact that she as the protagonist is the one who's sort of actively investigating things actively, you know, putting herself into these situations. And, you know, to your, to your point that she's not necessarily likable, but you are rooting for her. I think it's, I think that's the reason why, because you, you understand her motivation, right? It's to clear her son's name of, you know, of this murder. Um, or, you know, at the very least, no, actually, it's just to clear her son's name. Um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily even as as we find out to to figure out what the truth is, which, you know, if you were following like the detective or whatever else, you know, that might be the the sort of point of, of getting to the bottom of of, you know, the murder mystery. But in this movie, it's kind of a twist on on that formula where um, she's really just trying to to exonerate her son. Um, and so you get her motivation and you get her, um, you know, where she's coming from and she's not the observer. She's just, she is completely taking the story, you know, by the reins and she's the one who's, who's sort of actively, you know, moving things along at, while everybody else is kind of just sitting there and, and observing. Um, and I think it's so, uh, it's so enjoyable to watch because, you know, whether or not you necessarily agree with what she's doing, um, you, you gotta, you gotta appreciate her for, for sort of, um, seeing, having a goal and trying to achieve it, I guess. Like those characters are, are always, um, compelling in, in some ways. So, um, even if she is introduced as overbearing and, um, you know, sort of out of touch in a lot of ways and, and kind of, um, weirdly, um, just like weirdly hovering over, over, you know, her son and whatever else, like all of these things are true and, and you're introduced to her in that way. Um, but you, you also, you want to follow her to see where she goes. Um, and I don't think, I mean, I don't think it disappoints. I think it, it really, it, it, it takes a turn that you don't necessarily anticipate, or at least I didn't. And, and, uh, it's, I think it's a lot of fun, I would say, but hmm. yeah, I, I think of another movie like Knives Out where Daniel Craig's the investigator, but he just, he basically doesn't do anything. He just watches everybody crazy He watches everybody that push, like, it's almost an inverse structure where the lead character is just sitting back and letting all the active characters reveal Mm. the mystery, right? And to think that someone thought, well, I'm going to design a mystery almost in inverse, right? And, you know, like, even to go as far as, like, with spoilers, 
where like it's almost like the active participants are the heart of the mystery or to blame for the the um the criminality aspect i guess or whatever right like it's it, it's almost like if and, and this is how i felt about it it's almost like if the murderer was trying to figure out his own murder do you know what i mean <laughs> and it's not that mother is guilty for the crime that's committed, but she is the most guilty in the scene, right? Uh, or or at, at the end of the movie, she is the one that is the most like immorally. She she's she's yeah she's immorally compromised. Like she she's just the worst person at the end of the, of the movie, right? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely, and and also you know she. But again, this is where it's this is why she's such an interesting character because she's the most morally compromised, but also um she doesn't care because that's not the point of her. You know, she doesn't she doesn't care about you know what's happened happened because she she wants her son to to be free and she has no you know, she there are no other options but for for her son to be free in her mind, um, and that's 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 why she's. I mean, you you got to admire her in in some ways. Um, uh, as she's such a, um, uh, she she ends up being sort of a very villainous character, but she also is. Uh, you see her be be extremely capable, I guess. Is what you, is what I, I'll say about that. But right, right, yeah, she's um, she's. I I don't know. I it's almost like her structure has a. I'm trying to think of like almost like an end all be all, right? Which is pretty simple, but it becomes complex when she's faced with clearly moral problems right mm-hmm. um because the her end response of seeing the other guy go to jail right like that that's like a very traumatic moment you know that's like yeah a, and it's super cold too yeah yeah and then it's almost like i i mean i hated her more because it was like she's almost she's crying but it's not it doesn't matter like she still did the wrong thing you know right right yeah she knows it's wrong and she did it anyways and she you know it's almost like she's she's exchanging someone else's position you know she's exchanging her position for someone else you know and it's like it's it's pretty brutal like you can see that she um her thought process is do you have a mom you know what i mean like and that's <laughs> you're like, geez, like like the only thing that you're thinking of, she doesn't care about him, obviously. Like there's no she doesn't care that he's going to jail. The only thing she can think of is what if I put another mother into the same position? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's brutal. That's there's a there's an element of coldness in that that is um uh that goes it go it cuts deep, but it's also because I think it's like there's a reality in there. Um, hmm. yeah, yeah, I think, I think people do exchange other people's positions for their own, for sure. Right. It's almost like she's trying to, um, 
like justify the cost, right? Mm-hmm. Because if he had a mother, then that connection could exist, which is the most valuable connection to her above all things, right? But because he doesn't, well, then it's worth it's worth it, you know? Yeah. Um. But you know, I. I think she's obviously moved in that moment. I thought he, I couldn't understand. I thought he said, yes, he did have a mother. That's why she responded the same way. Uh, that's uh, why she responded with tears. But I, I think, maybe, I think he shakes his head. Mm. No. Yeah. Uh, just, but I, yeah, I'm not sure. It wasn't clear to me. So either way, I think it's still impactful. Like she's emotional, but I, uh, the way I, I saw the ending and I probably just didn't understand it is that he did say yes, and so she got really emotional. And then the 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 scene before the bus, it's like the icing on the cake with um, her son being like, oh, like I found this, this box, the acupuncture box, also like tripling her guilt in that moment. Mm. And, and her response in all of that is, su- like I think the ending is crazy. I think the ending of this movie is just, is... Also, like, can we just say for a second, like, the reveal or the moment that she had been talking about the entire film with, like, forgetting with the acupuncture thing is finally, like, it finally comes forward in the last moments of the movie. And then just to have that wild camera shot outside the bus with them dancing at, like, golden hour. I was like, what is even happening right now? But it is funny. It's awesome. It's awesome. (laughs) And I also think that the music in that moment, because music is really important to me in film, the music, the score comes forward in such a powerful way where it's happy, happy. I think it goes from, it's like, it's like major, major. And then there's like this sustained, like minor for a second, right? Like there's like this, there's a feeling of like uneasiness that's presented about, you know, probably like 65%. Like if, if if the scene had a loading bar, like 65% of that dancing scene, right? So it's like over halfway, you're just watching them dancing. Suddenly the major positive sounding score switches to like this like mysterious like minor chord that's like, wait a second. Like obviously you're uncomfortable in the entire scene, but it's like, yay, we're happy. But then there's like this hinting moment of like mystery in the score back Mm -hmm. into like positivity and then the credits roll. Like I just, I think that's such a, powerful way that the composer was making that scene like like forget all your problems but then there's this underlying like hum hauntingness of like you can forget all you want but we're not like the audience doesn't forget right yeah yeah. and there's something moral that won't be forgotten too right and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song too just in general you know yeah um yeah it's a it's a wonderful Wonderful song. And you're right. Like as an ending, you know, it has this sort of the structure of being sort of um, happy. And then after that sustained chord, there's there's the build of it uh, changing keys um, into another sort of major section with you right. know, with strings and whatever else. Um, yeah. And it's it's awesome. It's <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, and I love that scene on the bus because, yeah, like you said, oh, and th- this is what I'll say about the writing is like it's so it's so neat, um, like tightly uh, woven, I guess. Um, mm. There's you know there's so much that that comes back around. You know, obviously there's that scene again after um, 
he's out of jail where she's cutting the uh, the herbs, you know, and it kind of plays out in a in a very similar manner. Um, and, you know, it, it's just it's just it's just awesome. Like there's so many callbacks from earlier in the, you know, earlier in, in the film, um, that come back, you know, like the nosebleed thing where, you know, that's the reason why they, they found, they found blood on, uh, on her, on the guy's shirt, you know, the, the guy who is actually, but not actually the killer. Um, Mm -hmm. they found blood on his shirt, but it's, it's because she, you know, she had chronic nosebleeds. So, um, you know, and, all of these things that you learn along the way, they come back to just make, you know, to to cement Mother as this very heartless person who will just do anything for her son. Um, and yeah, I think I think it works so well. Like, like you said, the acupuncture um, sequence where you know where she's, uh, you know that reveal of her, you know, putting it into her thigh, you know, to forget is just awesome. It's so good. Um, and such a perfect ending to the story, I think. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. She is definitely the most, the star of the show. She steals a lot of kind of, I, I don't know. Like it was, it, it was a strange audience experience because I didn't like, I, I, there was a part of me that wanted to bring up Mrs. Incredible at the beginning of this, right? Because there's something about her, being a mother character that is fascinating. You're rooting for her. She is also kind of uncovering a mystery that you maybe know a little bit more about in, in the Incredibles. Cause you've seen, you know, Bob's perspective in that film. Right. But there's something about her that is, ex- is fun to watch and also like pl- pleasant. Like there's something good, but there's something about mother that I just, she's, she is, like she demands your attention on screen and you are so invested and bought into seeing what happens with her, but man, she's bad. You really are like, (laughs) she is not good. You know, like that's just, I I just, I don't know what it is. I, I was that, that it was almost like a not frustrating experience, but like I didn't want, the movie to be about her. I, I kind of, I was, I liked too many of the other side characters that mm. are interesting and, and almost more, they're more moral and they're, they're good. It's like, I want to see more of them, but it's like, you just can't help but watch. And I think it's, it's excellently put together. Um, if like, if I were watching it and making a movie, you know, or, or if I was making this film, it would be hard for me to have a focus on a character like that just because I don't want to watch a character like that. But it doesn't take away from like, I mean, that's just my own subjective thing. Like the, she she is a a monster that you are just, it, I mean, she she's a monster that you want, like you have to see what happens with, right? Mm. Almost like the same, like I know this is a, this is a really strange comparison, but it's like, when you watch a Godzilla movie, right? Like that's a monster that is, there's obviously not a moral side, but it's like you're there to watch the monster, you know? And I think mother's the same way. You're there, you're there to, to watch the monster that you don't even know is, is the monster. I I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but do you kind of see what I'm saying? Where it's like, I personally, it's like, I don't care about Godzilla 
I don't even really want to watch Godzilla when I watch a Godzilla movie, but he's the focus. And I think this movie's the same where it's like, you don't want to watch her, but you have to. And that's what the movie's all about. And it's even written on the poster like Godzilla. And it's like, you're just, it's unav- like, you just have to experience it. And it's a trip, you know, she's, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm rambling at this point, but yeah, I, yeah, well, and, and it doesn't help that she's, um, she wins too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, does, um, it makes things even more uncomfortable. She wins and she forgets about it. Like that's, <laughs> she wins and there's no, there's no consequences for her necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that's why, I mean, obviously I don't, <laughs> I think the movie's very clear in that it's not endorsing what, what's, what's happened, but, yeah. um, she's very, um, she's put in a position where, um, uh, everything lines up just perfectly for her. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of with very, with devastating effect too. A- and in a way that, that would, you know, potentially just repeat, repeat the behavior, right? Because, you know, in, in the, the sequence that we, you know, that reveals the, what actually happened with the murder, um, you know, you, you, you see another theme that has played out, you know, over and over again through the movie. You know, that first sequence is in the police station where, you know, one of the professors, I think, uh, calls calls him the R word. Right. And, uh, and he attacks him in the police station. And then, you know, uh, there's that conversation afterwards where, um, you know, basically it's revealed that that's, that's her fault. <laughs> that he does that right um you know he's he says uh for every one punch i throw two right yeah yeah and he well and he says he says you you said don't let people um you know don't let people insult me um and and you know so so even in the reveal of that uh you know of what happened it all comes back to to her in the end um, yeah and you know, and obviously, like, like he, I, he being set up as kind of the, well, I guess we, let's let's move on to to him now. Um, yeah, I think uh, what's his name, Do Dojun. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so he he's an interesting character too because obviously it's revealed that he, again, spoilers for this section. Uh, obviously, it's revealed that he. Uh, you know, is the murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, although you kind of get a sense that there's, well, one, there was not a lot of thought about it. It it was very much just a reaction, um, you know, and one, one sort of single reaction. Um, and then at the same time, him being set up as kind of a ch- uh, character with, um, mental handicaps, uh, there's not a ton of blame necessarily on him. And I actually think the lawyer probably has the, maybe the better perspective of saying like, Hey, like let's get him into a hospital. And instead of him doing, you know, like 15 years of life, uh, you know, he'll just do, you know, a couple of years at a, at a hospital and, you know, chalk it up to that and whatever else. Right. right. Um, which probably is, you know, maybe the best answer for everybody. But at the same time, you know, 
it does on the on the face of it and this is why again i think it's written so interestingly is it's kind of written for you to assume that he's he's totally innocent you know it's written for you to to assume that he's just being framed because of the golf ball and you know there's no evidence or whatever else um <laughs> uh, another interesting side note on this is you know the scene where they reenact the uh, the murder um, right Apparently, this is a this is a common thing. Uh, not necessarily common, but this is actually a thing done in uh, South Korea, where people, um, you know, when they confess to a murder, they will do like a reenactment with the murderer. Mm. Um, wow, which is crazy to me. I, yeah. I think that's that's it's super interesting, and it's funny because the only two movies that I know that have that are two Bong Joon-ho movies. Um, Hmm. It's uh, Memories of Murder and Mother. So, um, yeah, this is it's kind of a recurring thing for him, I would say. And I would say, again, totally a criticism of the practice in my mind. Um, You know, this is like in both of those movies, it's like pretty humiliating for everybody involved. Um, And also. um. Well, also like, yeah, the the interesting thing about that scene and, you know, how it comes back later is is when he's talking to mother and he says, like, it's almost as if, you know, the murderer wanted, you know, wanted people to see, yeah, um, you know, and didn't know what to do and wanted people to, like, come come get help. And he's not saying that from his own perspective. Um, and that's what I think, again, makes makes him kind of an interesting character is um, he doesn't have that much culpability in my mind. Um, yeah, yeah. He He's designed with not just a mental disability, but also a problem with like memory. Like he can't mm-hmm. remember stuff very well. So that that helps add to the mystery because... It's not that he's stupid, right? It's that he has a hard time remembering on top of his disability, right? Which I thought was really uh, effective because it's like his character still has, like he's not just a potato, right? Like he's a functioning, he has a human side. He has this, this like, I'm here right now, but I'm having a hard time remembering anything else, right? And so I think... He's very innocent, obviously, because, you know, you feel bad for him with his disability and and he has like a childlike innocence with the way he, you know, follows around his friend and, um, you know, he he kind of goes about and, and his introduction is really goofy because at first you don't really realize that he has sort of a mental problem, but he's kind of comes across like a doofus like at the at the at the golf um in the golf course right where he tries mm-hmm. to kick the mirror and he messes it up right and it's pretty funny and then he's suddenly collecting golf balls and you're like what's this guy doing for a while i didn't even realize that he had a problem because i was like maybe this is just like i don't know maybe it's just some humor or something i don't understand because it's a foreign film but um no like it 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 becomes clear as people begin to insult his character and everything and, but I think something about that initial, uh, introduction with him makes you realize that 
from the outside, like he's just kind of like this innocent figure, right? Um, I think his his reveal with the murder is so like so awesome. Like I think it is just super chilling the way that the camera's inside that building where the the witnesses is mm-hmm. in too. And that moment where he's like, like he clearly is having like a cognitive breakdown because he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, so he like yeah. keeps flipping open his phone. Like that scene is like your gut just drops, you know, you're like, Oh my goodness. Like what is even happening right now? You know, um, just, uh, like I think that, that is the climax of realizing that although he appeared somewhat normal at the beginning, he clearly needs a little bit of help uh, more than you thought at the beginning of the film. So he has his, his, his evolution as a character throughout the film is realizing how intense his disability is and how much help he needs where he almost kind of tricked you at the beginning of the film. Right. But you still don't blame him because he's like, not only being manipulated by his mother and he he also has like that there's that conversation about how he remembers things when he gets beat up and he's like you tried to kill me when i was five like there's almost like there's almost like a touch of like maybe this kid was intelligent at one point you know normal yeah and and yeah that that's kind of the the i think the movie's kind of hinting in some ways that part of his disability was you know was like she was responsible for that Um, right right well and then also i don't know what you make of this but um in my mind it's kind of it's kind of strange that that moment that um she says like oh take this route and like you'll get pregnant from it um like it happened to me um and you never there's never talk of like any father in the picture you don't you don't see anything like that so like i don't know what you what you i mean i'm not sure what to make of it personally but um like uh i don't know do you think it's implying that like it, somehow that was um connected to his disability as well um uh, i don't know it could it could be sort of another another hint at the background well, I think that the director of this movie is trying to comment on things outside of the scope of this film's plot and um, kind of just function. You know, I, I, I kept feeling like this movie was trying to symbolically show something or explain something, but I'm just too dumb to understand <laughs> it or, or realize what's happening. Um, and so there are all these moments throughout the movie from the beginning of like her initial mother's initial introduction in the field of like showing all this emotion. It's almost like she's showing off her emotional range as an actress, which is just so such a strange way to start the movie. I was like, is this something that like, I just don't understand about this other culture, right? That they introduce um, their lead actress with some sort of like scene to show off like an opening dance or something like that, you know? Um, no, this is to, very unique in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's connected obviously to the end. That's that's kind of more Yeah. Yeah. more than anything. And I saw it like it obviously comes back around, right? But I I kept feeling like there is a underbelly of Korean culture shown with the you know, some of the the poverty and like the rough streets and the kids in these nice uniforms but everybody else kind of being like, you know, 
in this very jam-packed rural area and there's clearly abuse of alcohol shown throughout the movie and so i don't really and even like the way that the police are represented like they're very goofy like oh we haven't had crime in so long out here and stuff like i i feel like there's a lot of things being commented about the culture uh in in this movie that is just so beyond me and Mm. also there's a translation barrier as well right there are some um you know for instance like you said like they keep calling him the r word right which you know in in american culture to call somebody that is quite offensive i don't know what word that exactly is in the korean language right and sort of the connotation behind it maybe it's worse than like than our yeah, our thought could of, be, yeah. of what it is or maybe it's not as bad right and that would really change the way that um the son's character is like in a lot of ways too right so yeah i i felt like there was this this layer that the director is trying to comment on in this movie that is beyond me in my first viewing and i was actually going to ask you about it cameron like is are there things that or do you know of anything that he's like trying to to comment on from sort of the i i don't know there's there's almost like a there's a side conversation about you know an all-girls school and a boys school and like the toxic relationship that they have with female students and male students and kind of like the the impropriety that's happening between both parties and i, I don't know like and i just I, felt like there I was think so like side- I think cyberbullying and that that kind of like early conversation about that leads yeah. into it. But I would say mostly, you know, what I pick up from this movie, I'll, and it's kind of similar to to Memories of Murder in a lot of ways, is is kind of how um, easily, uh, you know, sort of the system is able to manipulate people who are who are powerless otherwise. You know, um, especially you know going from you know, the reveal of, of him actually, you know, being, being the murderer and, but, you know, you thinking, um, for the most, most of the movie that he was just framed to, you know, them finding the actual not real murderer, um, who is, you know, he clearly has, has down syndrome and like, that's another, it's another layer of that character where, um, I think there's, there's, an element that I think he's talking a lot about how people can just be railroaded, um, into these, into these situations, especially when they don't have anybody, um, to, to stick up for them. And especially the fact that, you know, these, you know, did you ever watch like making a murder? No. Um, well that, that documentary, um, has a lot, of similar things to say where, you know, people, people were, you know, made to, to sort of confess in a way that was probably improper. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of manipulation that goes into that. Um, and I think this movie, you know, it doesn't talk so much about the manipulation of the, of the police necessarily. And it talks more about sort of how the system is able to kind of, um, you know, ram people into these situations. Um, but memories of murder is interesting because it's very directly focused on sort of how, you know, how people are falsely accused and how people, you know, can use that to their advantage to take, 
you know, to, to sort of get out of, of, of their own guilt. Um, Mm. and so, yeah, so, so I think this movie specifically is talking a little bit about the, um, maybe some of the injustices of, of the, you know, justice system. Um, and I, there's a, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I would say like, I think there's, you know, it's obviously Korea specific, um, and the movie is, you know, Korean. It takes place in Korea, but I think there are, you know, certain elements of of the movie that that can be universally applied. So, you know, the film also goes out of its way to make sure that there are basically like no other. There's barely any parents in this film, mm-hmm. and all the all the kids that get in trouble or. Are like they they basically are just completely disconnected from parents. The only yeah. girl that ha- has parents is is like the the parents that like run the restaurant that um, the son gets like that passes out in. You know, there those are those are some parents, but like the girl who's murdered her, she is taking care of her drunken grandma. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the kid who ends up going to prison doesn't have any parents at all. You know, there's there's almost like it's almost like mother is the complete extreme opposite of everyone else where it's like it, it maybe it's even going as far as like, this is like how important it is for kids to have parents in some way. <laughs> like there's like this disgusting translation you can pull from that or something where it's like, you know, all these other kids are getting in trouble and getting killed and all this stuff. Um, but it's like the kid that has a overprotective, you know, even crazy parent gets away with it all. You know, I don't know. Like there's just so many things about the culture that are being commented on in this film that are beyond my, my scope of knowledge. Right. And I, I don't know, like I was just kind of curious to ask you about it. If you knew anything um, that is, was pulled away in, I guess the, the Korean um, like, cause obviously Korean people like watch this movie and are probably dissecting it in, in their own yeah, special yeah. way. Right. Cause yeah. they have a deeper understanding of it. Yeah. So. I definitely don't have any special, um, perspective in, in that sense. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not Korean, but I, I do think most of, of what the movie is can be taken universally. Um, and I, I don't think it, I don't think it really necessarily like, of, of course there are certain cultural elements to the movie, but I think for the most part, um, you know, it, it, it universally applies in my mind. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And, and then there's a bunch of other like side characters as, as well that like, um, the son's friend who's kind of interesting for a second. You think he's, uh, the person that framed him or is the murderer, but then it kind of turns out that he's this cool <laughs> street cop or something like, uh, he keeps saying like I should have been a cop, and he, <laughs> there's that great scene with the with the um, gosh, now Ferris I can't wheel. think of it. Ferris wheel, um, where he's interrogating him, and he's he's this imposing uh, figure throughout throughout the movie. What did you think of uh, his character, Cameron? He's obviously a supporting role, but then he has he has like a strange side plot with him. Yeah, I I so. like his character a lot. I mean, he's you know introduced very early in the movie, basically the first scene, as kind of a bad. I mean, in some ways a bad influence. Um, in some ways, you know, he he does stick up for his friend. Um, in a weird way, you know, he's he's kind of there to, uh, 
I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. Like you can see that he he in some ways cares about his friend, but also, um, you know, they get into shenanigans, which I guess, you know, that's that's pretty accurate to real life. But then, yeah. of course, like, you know, there's that great scene where she's hiding in the closet, uh, which is like so tense. Um, yeah. And then, you know, she pulls out the she's got her gloves on and she pulls out the uh, the golf club and. Which is awesome. Like you, it's like you think you understand what's happening in that scene, but you'd have no idea. And yeah, it's also kind of a random, like, I don't know, just, you know, romance scene that happens. I don't, I was like, okay, all right. So, but yeah, it, with, it is intense, right? When she's, she's hiding in there. Well, in the and then with, with the girl, that's, that's the girl from the. Uh, right, right. Which is like disturbing too i'm like i'm so confused about yeah which has another you know there's another little layer and it's obviously a red herring but it's another little layer into that where that sequence where you're like oh he's like you know he's like with the the girl from the bar that night and like maybe they were like kind of in on it together or something or like you don't you don't really know what's going on so like yeah there's there's like another another layer that that kind of is is just a red herring but it's also it's fun to to think about when you're when you're there um you know and then yeah. and then he does turn around to be obviously he kind of extorts her a little bit so you know he's not he's not like a great guy or anything but <laughs> mm-hmm. um he turns out to be sort of on on her side in some ways and and ha- yeah. helps her um helps her reveal certain things about the um the victim and I think the victim is probably the next person we should talk about because she has, um, an, again, another important range of almost like her mystery unravels along with the movie um, in a way that's that's like a little bit sad and um, and touching in some ways. You know, she's obviously trying to take care of her grandma um, and it's revealed, you know, she's do- doing this through, um, you know, sex work and she's doing this kind of as a you know almost like um you know she keeps a list of guys in in her phone and you know she you know there's like there's reveals along that line but i think she you know for someone who's basically not on screen she has like a really interesting trajectory in your mind that you that I I didn't expect, you know, first going into this movie. Um, right, you don't even know who she is at the beginning, and then, like the, that, the movie is all fun and kind of goofy and not not really serious up until the moment where um, what what's the son's name? I can't remember. I can't. Um, it's like uh, Do Jun, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, he's like walking in that alleyway and he's following this girl and it's very weird because like he just was talking about how he liked the other girl that's dating his friend, but you don't know that yet. Right. Like she was, she comes into the restaurant. He, he's stumbling home. Right. Um, and that alleyway just has, there's something about it. I commented when I was watching it cause I watched it with Jules and I was like, Oh, like this kind of tense, horror like it reminds me a lot of like resident evil or even like the pt demo or something where there's a corner right you're you're turning around the corner and then there's like a 
like a doorway or an alleyway that's so dark and you just can't see in there. And there's something about it that feels um, like it just it reminded me of a lot of different Eastern like media that I've seen that has horror elements. Mm. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, I just I love this this scene. Like it is you have no idea what's happening. And then the rock flying out, you're like, what is even? Is there a creature in there? Like you just don't know. Right. Um, and I had no idea where the movie was going at that point to then see like the, the school girl that disappeared in the alley dead the next morning on the balcony. It's like, what? Like, Oh, that, that poor civilian, that random girl, like was for a second. I thought she was a trap. Like when I first saw that scene, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like the sun is going to get kidnapped or something or, like she's a bait, she's baiting him into going into the alleyway. Um, and then to find out that she isn't some no name civilian, she is someone involved in this like intricate blackmail scheme, but she also is trying to take care of her, like her grandma, but she's also like, she's doing immoral things for a cause that she thinks is good, but also she's taking care of someone that's kind of a horrible person too. Like her grandma's a wild drunk. Yeah. Right. I love that scene at the, at the funeral where the, you know, the grandma like throws the, the rice wine everywhere and then like tosses the bottle off the the thing. It's awesome. That's such a beautiful shot though, where she like throws it. And then it's just that, that wide of like the balcony she's standing by. And even like all the scenes with the grandma are awesome. The the scene with her, like uh, getting the flashlight, on her face like it's like some scary move i don't know that's like a you feel like you're in some horror movie again where she's like flashing the light on this scary wild-eyed old woman right like it's just like oh my goodness what is happening you know um but yeah the the girl character who ends up getting uh the school girl character who who ends up getting murdered she has depth that really expands um Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think maybe I guess it's not just mother, it's her too. There's a lot of characters that have growth um in the film and it's not the characters you expect to have growth, right? You expect to find out um like you expect that the that uh Don June's friend or whatever, you expect him to have a lot more mystery uncovered about him, but he turns out to be a side character, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, red herring, right? Like he's just a distraction. It doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I yeah, this movie's this movie's awesome. I think it's really good. I, I agree. I love that it's it feels so approachable. One of the the criticisms that Jules have had watching it is that she felt it was really slow, and I actually think that this movie could have benefited from a shorter runtime. Um, I know that there's a lot packed in there, but it also, I, I don't know. I felt like two hours was just a little long for it. And I, and I don't know why. Um, I think there's a lot of scenes where like we were just talking about the scene where the grandma throws the rice, um, like, uh, the, the, the rice liquor off the balcony or whatever that stone balcony, the shot just sits there for like, three, four, five seconds. And then it's just like a wild cut. This movie has wild cuts. Like it, it goes from like one scene, all of a sudden we're with another character in a completely in place. That's not introduced at all. And you're supposed to follow it. Right. Which I like, I'm like, Oh, it's kind of moving quick, but yet it's not moving and it's pausing in moments that are just like, 
are we going to cut like that? I think some of the editing could have shaved it down um, a little bit. I thought that it was quirky just because it was a foreign film. So maybe that excuses it. Uh, I still think that this movie is really engaging. I think that maybe I just watching it with Jules, she was like really antsy and then (laughs) dogs barking and stuff. I was like, what is happening? And it just felt like the movie wasn't moving although there are, there were still a lot happening. So Cameron, do you think that this movie's too long? You think I'm wrong in the way that I was I'm talking about it or Um no, I don't think it's too long just considering how you know, you want a little time to breathe with all of the information that you get, right? Um mm. you know, like I love that it, you know, even that even though that scene in um the the best friend's house where she's like hiding in the closet or whatever, like it doesn't necessarily come out to anything, but you kind of want those sequences because it gives more depth to um, to her journey and it kind of it leads you on in a certain way and it it keeps you guessing. Um, and like you said, yeah. you know, you thought that you totally had it locked in, but um, you had no idea what was going on through that. Mo- you know, and then, you know, the reveal of, oh, it's just lipstick and whatnot. Um I don't think it necessarily holds too long on things either. Um, I like that it kind of does that because it feels kind of jarring. Uh, it, it, and it it makes you uneasy a little bit. Um, mm. So I'd say the, the editing is effective in that it makes you kind of, it, it still le- leaves you guessing. And, and even, you know, there's that amazing sequence where it shows... Um, you know, the whole thing of what happened, it shows the whole, the whole shot of, um, you know, uh, Dojun, um, you know, following the girl and whatever else it like, it's the big reveal shot. Um, and it's like kind of intercut with the, with the story at the junk bands. Um, and you almost forget that, that you, you didn't, you didn't see the end of that conversation. Um, yeah, like, you yeah, didn't, no, 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 you didn't see the end of what happened. You just saw him kind of turn and you forget because that's kind of how the movie is edited. Um, right. it's edited to, to sort of, um, disorient you and kind of jump, uh, around to different things. Um, but it's also like, that's part of the, the red herring, you know, that's part of, mm-hmm. of, of what, you know, the structure of the editing is, is actually kind of what helps it uh, reveal later on. Um, and so I think there's, there's an effectiveness in that. Um, and, and I don't, I don't mind, um, you know, that things are kind of unusually paced because, uh, it, it's, it makes you think about certain things and not think about other things that you, um, might want to think deeper about, I guess. Uh, right. So, so it, it leads you on in a certain way. So I, I like, I like that about the movie, but I can see why some people, you know, I like, I don't think it's too long. That's the thing, but I could see why some people would be annoyed by that. But yeah, I think this movie is extremely unique. Um, again, like I said, at the beginning of the, of, of this episode, I feel like as a foreign film, it pulls things from Hollywood that actually make it just easier to watch. And it is in and of itself, like, purely like in that culture right i think that's what i I liked about it it was like it used small well i mean important pieces of american culture but it didn't 
Like it wasn't a slave to them, but it also, like again, like I, f- I felt like whoever, like who the director who made this movie, like likes American cinema, but made his own movie, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a cool, that was a cool like experience to to watch something different that wasn't like we're so different than American cinema, like for the, you know the French, whatever they're, <laughs> I, gosh, you know, not not a big fan of of French film, but, um. Yeah, this this movie's great. Let's get to rating, Cameron, because we're we're running a little over at this point. Yeah, I think uh, this movie is for everyone. Um, in my mind, like I I think anybody, I think you put it well that like someone who's not that interested in foreign movies, um, even you know, you don't even have to have that uh, that big of a knowledge of movies necessarily. If you're if you're kind of interested just generally in mystery, and I think most people are, honestly, but if you're interested in mystery and suspense and that kind of thing, like, this is a great movie. Like the, I think I think anybody can can have fun with this premise and yeah, to me um the things that it's commenting on and the things that it's that it's doing are universal. So, um yeah. Yeah, I think it's for me. I'm gonna label it as for like casuals because we do for everyone casuals, curious, and cinephiles. I think there are some barriers into this for this movie. Like, I don't think I can sit down with absolutely everyone and and watch this film without a little bit of explanation. I thought it was a massive benefit for me to watch this film, expecting it to be really out there and then only appreciating the bits that were out there. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I was, I knew I was getting into a foreign film that was going to be different. And I would hope that everyone that watches this film had that same mindset and there's the language barrier, right? So you're going to be reading subtitles. Um, I just, I think that it's hard for me to recommend um a foreign movie for everyone because of because because I think it has helped me so this podcast has helped me so much when it comes to watching movies that are different you know yeah. I almost take yeah. that knowledge for granted but I haven't forgotten what it was like for me to watch movies before this podcast so I think it's hard for me to be like everyone can watch this movie when you know, a year ago I would have been like subtitles. I'm gone. (laughs) You know, like I couldn't, I couldn't do it, you know? Um, but I do, I think it's really close for me to being for everyone. And I think that's the highest praise I can, I can give it. Um, it is, it, it's totally worth watching. I'm just going to put it out there. Like it's totally worth watching. So if you have an interest, the slightest, barely the smallest interest in some sort of foreign movie, uh, I, I would say, check this out. Now, Parasite did win a bunch of awards, Cameron. Like, do you think Parasite is a better uh, foreign film? Or even Snowpiercer, which I've seen and it's in English, is that even considered, like, a foreign mo- foreign film, you know? Um, I wouldn't consider it a foreign movie, no. But, I mean, I think, you know, it's part of Bong Joon-ho's rep- repertoire. So I wouldn't say it, like, doesn't count, but... It- it's it's made by an american studio it's made in hollywood mm. so you yeah. know it's it's not necessary it's not really a foreign film but um parasite no i i think mother is um is his best movie i would say it just in that it's it's running on all cylinders and it's just so so good and the fact that it's underrated that i think maybe that's why i lean towards it um mm. just yeah. because it nobody knows about this movie nobody's heard of it 
nobody really cares about it. And I'm I'm the only one, literally like the only one proselytizing how good this movie is. <laughs> and um <laughs> and it's a, it's kind of a shame because like, you know, everybody everybody well, it's not a shame. Obviously, it's great that Bong Joon-ho is successful and people are recognizing him. That's awesome. Um, but everybody was like, oh, yeah. Did you see Parasite? It's so good. It's by this. Who's this director? Bong Joon-ho? Oh, he did Snowpiercer. And I'm like, yeah, but like he's got great movies like before this. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I feel like the I feel like the token hipster. Um, well, I will say, you know, if you do, if you liked Snowpiercer and then like you followed into that with Parasite, I haven't seen Parasite, but I have seen Snowpiercer. I, I agree with, I mean, like I liked Snowpiercer, but I think this movie's better than, than Snowpiercer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And so like, if, if, if you've seen those two films, like definitely, definitely explore this one. I think it's, it's fantastic for for what it is. Um, I don't have much else to say about this movie. I think I I I really wish that we could have dived into some of the cultural comments in this in this film, but I think that we just don't understand Korean <laughs> language. So, oh, I um, will say um, there is one kind of fun fact about that is is the um, the phonetic uh i i don't really understand it because again i don't i don't know korean but apparently there are phonetic similarities between mother and and murder in the korean language um mm. and so that kind of gives you a hint on on the title as well so yeah um, see like that kind of stuff yeah yeah i feel like there's so much more to this movie that i'm just never gonna understand i wish i could talk to <laughs> someone korean who's seen it that understands the language like almost and and even the culture too, right? Like that could like say, oh yeah, this this director, like he's saying all this cool stuff about, you know, our culture and everything. I don't know, like that. I there was a hunger for that in in watching it as well. So, well, Cameron, we're we're starting off the month well. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm sure there's going to be some painful stuff in it, um, but <laughs> no, there's not. There's just going to be greatness. I I, I really. Um, I'm, I I don't think that there's any other besides French cinema and some Italian cinema, which I I, I like the spaghetti western things that we've watched. Um, we haven't really explored any other any other cultures movies. Right? Not really. No. Yeah. It is a goal of mine in the you know upcoming next year of the podcast to do more foreign cinema. But I wanted to give yeah. you kind of a baseline as well. So um, I think you know, Korean cinema is super easy and engaging and fun. And, you know, that, so that quote that I said yesterday about, uh, you know, Korean, Korean cinema is the, is the cinema of the extreme. That's actually a Bong Joon-ho uh, quote. So, mm. um, you know, it's something that he takes to heart. Um, although I would say <laughs> Park Chan-wook probably is, is a little bit more extreme than, than he is so well i didn't see any skateboards or bmx bikes or anything like that so i'm a little confused uh, <laughs> but uh yeah no i mean i'm excited to see what's next definitely if we can even rent some of this stuff cameron i'm not buying a vpn just to watch some of these things like, yeah i um i bought uh so yeah it's so weird old boy it used to be like on Netflix, you know, it was, it was totally like accessible and now apparently it's not at all. Like it's not even streaming anywhere. So, wow. um, I bought the Blu-ray and we can decide if we want to do that as a commentary. I think it would probably be fun as a commentary. Hmm. Um, okay. but, 
if you want to do that like next week or if you want to do we can decide if we want to do something else but um yeah okay well we'll figure it out cameron thank you so much for your time and setting up this month you want to give people maybe a heads up of the other movies coming up or you want to keep it a secret secret okay it's a secret we post every monday so thank you guys for listening and make sure to tune in next week thank you Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill and Tim Smith for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support. Music.